Welcome to Streams of Income with self-help author Ryan Rieger. For the next hour, you'll hear proven methods for how to live the multiple income streams dream. Ryan is passionate about helping others discover their gifts and start their own business. He's published five books, and his courses and group coaching programs have changed the lives of thousands of students all over the world. Ryan's books include Private Label, The Easy Way, Finding Your Grace Place, and his latest, Streams of Income. And now, here's your host, Ryan Rieger. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. Today, we're chatting with Tim Hansen, who is a storage auction expert. So I don't know if you've ever seen that show, Storage Wars. I believe it's on TLC. Uh, To me, that's always been intriguing. I've never been to a storage auction, but learning from Tim has been really cool. Makes me want to go to storage auctions and buy the stuff there. Uh, But he um, has a very unique method of sourcing a storage auctions and being able to basically get rid of everything within a day. Um, Very cool method. I've always kind of shied away from this type of business model, thinking that I'd have to figure out how to store it, how to bring it back home. And so, no, he has a very unique method that gets, you know, Get, gets it purchased and gets it sold uh, very quickly. And he does very well at this. Um, and so this was a conversation that we had in our treasure hunting profits group. So it's a group focused on uh, selling on eBay. If you're an Amazon seller and you're doing replens, you need to look at eBay because we have people in that group that are selling replens on eBay, the same exact replens that they're selling on Amazon. And so that's at tre- the Treasure Hunting Profits group, treasurehuntingprofits.com. There'll be a link in the show notes here. So here's my interview with Tim. All right. So guys, let's jump into this guy. This is Tim Hansen. So I did a, um, a webinar, or I did a podcast a few weeks ago and I just happened to in that podcast with my friend, Eric Bussey, I happened to mention storage auctions and that, that came up. And then, so Tim emails me and said that he has some experience with that. So I thought, man, let's get him on and talk about it. So this is just a conversation. Um, and guys ask questions. I've always been intrigued with this. And so I'm, I probably got my own questions, but Tim, I guess, tell us your story and your, your experience with storage auctions. Yeah. So a couple of things. So I grew up in an auction company with my dad since I was 13. (laughs) So, you know, being on trucks, doing consignment selling and all that type of stuff. Uh, My Uh dad was a steel worker. He always had that type of business. Uh So when eBay and the storage unit auctions, that was kind of an evolution of that. Okay. Um, And the way that came about for me, Ryan, was a couple of things. You know, I was in Silicon Valley making well into the six figures. Uh, this is when dot com went dot bomb. <laughs> right. So here I was, you know, out of Silicon Valley. I always say I was first hired, first fired. Uh, so you're in Silicon Valley making six figures. I have two little girls. I'm now a single dad. What do you do? Uh, mm-hmm. So I fell back. Uh, you know, eBay at this time was starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my first experience with Jim Cochran, uh, okay. kind of where I, I started meeting him way back in the day. Um, and I saw that the eBay evolution, some of these things was just, you know, uh, the electronic platform, uh-huh. uh, for selling and consignment selling. But the question became then inventory, mm-hmm. how do you get inventory, go to sell and do those things in a cost efficient manner. And so for me, having come from the, uh, auction side of things with my father being in consignment, we'd never done storage units. I started checking that out. Mm-hmm. There are some distinct things that will help you in that world. And there's some things that will wipe you out. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, but as I started going through the process of meeting some people, I started seeing a lot of ex Silicon Valley people uh-huh. that were doing really well. One guy used to be a CTO. He actually scaled back his company from five days a week to two days a week. I said, why would you leave Silicon Valley and come here and do more of this? 
because he was making anywhere from fi- from five from five thousand to fifteen thousand dollars a month. Oh, now, I'm not at his level, yeah, right? Because <laughs> uh, I didn't want to build a team in a warehouse. I didn't want to do any of those things. But uh-huh. I did find out as I went through that process, there were some very distinct things that will help you in the auction process. Mm-hmm. So where you don't lose your shirt, you don't lose your money. And I learned yeah. those by being in the trenches and actually doing it. Yeah. Uh, actually talking to some high level auctioneers I became friends with that just took me under their wing because I paid yeah. my bills on time. Yes. <laughs> Good. And so that's kind of how the evolution came about. I needed to generate cash very quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, eBay to me was just the electronic version of selling, but I needed inventory. Yes. And so between consignment selling and then going to storage unit auctions was how I did that. Uh-huh. Uh, my whole goal in that world was to work very little amount of time, but I was generating one to two day effort was generating about a thousand, two thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. coming from the storage unit auction. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to do because I yeah. had other revenue streams I was working on. Uh, yeah. But the trick there is, do you want to build a team? Uh, do you want to do all that? I didn't want to do any of those things because sure. uh, I was a solo guy. Yeah. Uh, so the trick with storage unit auctions becomes and how do you not overbid, get caught up in the hype mm-hmm. and, and get stuck? Uh, how do you really pay attention to who else is around you in, in that storage unit auction to where some of these people will way outbid you? So I'd say when you go in there, you want to go in with a strategy. I knew I had $300. That's it. I was very tight on money. Mm-hmm. I had a $300 limit, three to three fifty. That's it. Mm-hmm. Would that uh, buy one unit typically or more than one? Could buy more than one. Wow. You'd be really be shocked. Because <laughs> I, I, my only experience with these, Tim, is just literally watching these shows. You've probably seen them. Um, right. It, with a couple from Vegas area. There's a guy yeah. named Barry in the LA I, area. Pawn Stars. Um, <laughs> yeah, fun. Yeah, that's right. So it's really entertaining, but I don't know how real if that's realistic because some of those those uh, units go for thousands of dollars um, on that show. Um, but you're right. You're right. And some some believe it or not go for a dollar. Wow. Uh, we had someone buy a speedboat for a dollar. <laughs> I know. I know. But let, but but before we get into all that, let me sure. let me. I, I'm a firm believer in quality control on the front end. Uh-huh. So here's how you do this. So I was in California and California has a newsletter called California storage auction news, where they list every storage unit auction. They uh-huh. show ahead of time uh, who's hosting the auction. Now, not every state does that, right? Sometimes yeah. you can call the storage unit auctions yourself. I always tell people start with public storage and there's a reason for that. Okay. Public storage is the only chain I know that will allow you to use a credit card everybody else will not it's mm. cash. Wow. So I could go into public storage, use my credit card, not worry about it. Everybody else was cash. But the trick with that is on Monday morning, you would start looking in your geographic area where you want to go, identify three or four public storage units, and then you call them on a Monday mm-hmm. and say, do you have any upcoming storage unit auctions? And they will tell you, and they'll tell you for the week. And the reason I tell people get an idea on Sunday or Monday of what the week will be, Mm-hmm. So on Friday, I would start laying out my following week because here's what's going to happen to you. Friday, you're going to make that phone call. They're going to say, we got all these auctions. We got all these units. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. When you call on Monday, they could say, I got nine units. Call ahead of time because you'll find out people pay the last minute. So those units are no longer available to bid on. Oh, got it. Okay. So you may think you're going to a place where you have nine auctions and it could really be one. 
Got it. So okay. I would always do the quick call in the morning. Hey guys, are you still night auctions going on? I'd always, if there was three, I would go. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you make sure you don't waste your time. Cause sometimes you'll call and they'll say, Hey, everybody paid. We're not doing it. Yeah. All right. So that's the QA, get that done. I'd say to me, I had a geographic region I had to work in cause I had my two little girls. I couldn't drive everywhere. So I had to be very focused on the cities I went to. Mm-hmm. Public storage was great. So that's the QA. That's how, you, that's how you figure out where you're going to be that week. Plan your week out. Mm-hmm. Then call that morning to make sure they at least have three auctions. If you want to do one or two, that's up to you. Sure. But I would go one or two. And I know myself, I would deliberately only make sure I had no more than $400 cash. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you brought 1000 you'd spend it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that. Really don't do that because you'll get caught up in it. Yeah. So once you win, my goal was to obtain one to two units. Okay. That's it. So yeah. once we went, so once I hit one to two units, I was done going to any other auctions, right? Yeah. I kept going auction, auction, auction until I achieved my goal of one to two units. Now, let's say you win one to two units. What happens next? Uh-huh. So what happens next is they give you 24 to 48 hours to clear that out. Wow. That's it. You got 24 to 48 hours. Now, here's how you do this without having a team and wasting your time. By the way, an auctioneer taught me all this stuff. Okay. This guy goes all over the country. He's incredibly successful. Yeah. I don't know if he just felt sorry for me or we had the same last name. Because mm-hmm. um, I asked him, I go, how are you traveling the country doing all this? I said, aren't you moving stuff into a warehouse? He goes, no. He goes, I don't do any of that. So what I would do is, is you go in, you buy the auction. So now you're not going to go bid on anything. Now you have to go in. I would say you're going to have three piles. I, go, I went in and I looked at everything that I would want to eBay. This is before Amazon, right? Okay. I looked around and thought, okay, what in here could I possibly list on eBay? That was the top of the line stuff, the better stuff. Okay. What okay. are the things I could list on eBay or what do I want for my girls and I? That's number one. Mm-hmm. So number two, that's that then how do I get this unit paid for right now? Mm. Very often, you see a lot of really nice furniture in these units. That's what, pay, that's what reimbursed my cash flow right there. That's how I did this without any money out of my pocket. Mm. Because I took all this stuff that I was going to put on eBay, I put it into my truck, it was out. All the other stuff that was all furniture, I left it in there. Then there's going to be other people that you meet on the trail that go through the auctions. They may not have enough money or they may have been outbid. And I didn't want to clean up like these units are going to tell you, you got 24 to 48 hours, clean it up. Well, I'd go to some of those other people I met at the auction that may not have won or been overbid. And I'd say, guys, you know what? Tell you what, you can have anything else in here other than the furniture. If you clean this up for me, whatever you want. Cause I left stuff for them. That was nice. I'd leave stuff for them. Wow. I'd say, I just need you to clean it up. I said, I don't want a phone call from the storage unit place saying it's not done. Yeah. Did you know these folks already to have trust Never that they them. would? Okay. So you just, Never you were just hope, hoping and trusting that they would clean it up for you. Yeah. Cause when the auction starts, nobody's, a, nobody's your friend. <laughs> you're all friends in the beginning. Right. Um, but then you're going to see people that really are trying to earn a living and supporting their family. They either got outbid. We had one guy, we called him the consignment cowboy. He'd show up. If anyone shows up with nine padlocks yeah. on their belt buckle, yeah. you're never going to outbid that guy. <laughs> that, that guy carried about $20,000, $25,000 cash with him, but you'd look at him, you'd never know it. Wow. So there's going to be people that just get outbid, but are really trying to make a living. Yeah. And I'm sensitive to that because I was a single dad at the time. And, and I thought, well, you know what? 
I didn't just leave crap in there. I left nice stuff for him. Mm-hmm. I put enough in my truck. I knew I could eat it. I said, can you clean this up? You can have anything else outside the furniture. So what do I have now? So within a matter of hours, I've got my unit cleaned out. I didn't hire a team. Mm-hmm. I didn't move any heavy furniture at all. So the unit's cleaned. I went back when the unit's cleaned. I rearranged the furniture nicely. I took a picture with my cell phone. By the way, the, the auctioneer all over the world taught me this. Mm-hmm. I took a picture with my cell phone of everything there, and I posted that on Craigslist that day. Okay. Having a sale tonight, 6 p.m., here's what's here. That's it. And you have people that'll call you and say, hey, I can't make it at 6. How about 9? Don't do that. No, I'm sorry. I'm here from 6 to 7. That's it. Yeah. Then I had people show up, uh-huh. bid on that. I priced it out well based on what I saw on Craigslist and on eBay. I priced it a little bit to move. Uh-huh. That covered my cash flow. Wow. So you, the was, eBay stuff was free. You got it. So oh I would goodness. spend three to $400 on a storage unit auction on public storage on a credit card, which wasn't due till the end of the month. Yeah. I made all my money back that day by selling the nice furniture. So yep. I'm not out of pocket anything. Yeah. And all the clean out and all the stuff that I don't want to do. Gone. I left some nice stuff to let people do it. They got free stuff and they cleaned out for me. That's how I did That's it. Brilliant. Can we talk about um That's awesome. I love that. I've never heard that strategy. Well, I've never heard any strategy really. I, <laughs> that's, I've always wondered what do you do with this? How, how do you, like, yeah. where do you take it? But you don't Well, that's called the that. single, that's called the single dad strategy. That's awesome. <laughs> So take us to the moment where you're, um, when, when you go to these auctions, do they, did they do it like in the show where everybody has like a, a minute or so to look in there and mm-hmm. they open up the, open up the door and then each person can file by and look, look at it. Right. So a couple things on that. Um, so the auctioneers get paid okay. on when people pay for their unit. Okay. Right. So you can have all these auctions going on. And when that's done, you have to pay right then and there when you're done. And a lot of those people will not. They mm-hmm. just don't. You have people that just don't pay. And they'll, the auctioneers, that's how they make their money is a percentage of the auction when it's paid. So I had a good reputation. I paid my bills on the time. I never defaulted on any of that. And they knew it. Mm-hmm. And they always say they're not going to tell you anything or they don't know what's in there. Yes, they do. <laughs> Cause as I became friends with the auctioneers, they knew I paid my bill on time. I didn't have a problem. Yeah. I became very good friends with them. They would say if we're bidding on something and my hand go, they would tell me if my hand goes up like this, that means you need to keep bidding. Now they told me that cause I paid my bills on time. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. So, trust me. They, if you get a reputation for paying your bills on time and you are not a problem, they will become your best friend. When they say, we don't know what's in there. They do. Yes, they do. Mm. Uh, and yeah, you're right. They're going to throw open the door. You uh-huh. can go look around. You can go see things. Can you go in them? You can actually go in the unit or just, you just stand at the door. You stand at the door, you sh- shine a light in there okay. uh, and you go in and you take a look. But I became friends with the auctioneer because I paid my bills on time and they had a lot of people that would bid and win the bid, but then default and not pay. And wow. that affects how that auction guy gets paid. Yeah. And so because I had a good reputation, I never defaulted on anything. I cleaned out my units on time. Uh-huh. Uh, what is his name? Thomas Hayward, because I used to live in Hayward. Uh-huh. That was a guy that goes between Mexico, the US. He was selling huge things like pianos and furniture and fridges. And I'm like, don't you have a warehouse? He goes, no, I never move anything. Mm. That's the one who taught me how to clean everything out, take a picture of your cell phone, post it on Craigslist same day, have a sale yes. that night. Wow. And then you don't move anything. 
Yeah. So the units you would you bid on a unit if it didn't have furniture in it? Oh yeah, that okay. that wasn't a problem. Okay. That the furniture to me, I just knew that was a cash generator. Yeah. And I I could flip it real quick on Craigslist, and I always did. Sure. Yeah. What items caught your eye? What are some things that you're like, oh my gosh, I got to win this one? Well, anything. Well, a couple things. Uh, anything boring and industrial. Like I love okay. Skip McGrath. Uh, uh-huh. you know, some of his training, anything that was restaurant related or that was industrial related. Okay. It was like Jim says, even on Amazon stuff that people think I never heard of that, that usually what sells. Yes. Um, one of my friends, she left Silicon Valley. She had a unit where it was all cubicles, uh, stuff to build portable cubicles. She made uh-huh. a ton of money selling that. And it's the most boring stuff in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Oh so anything that was industrial or company related where I knew companies right. would need it that were building out office space. Now, yeah. right now I probably wouldn't do that because of COVID mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it now, but back then we made a ton of money doing that. Yeah. Anything restaurant supply money maker money sitting there like crazy yeah. uh, school related stuff, money maker. Cause you know, I raised kids. I was in that area. I was in yeah. sports a lot with my kids. Uh-huh. So those were quick cash generators. So when I would see that, I knew I could do it and I can fix bikes. I could fix stuff up. That's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And I knew I'd sell that real fast. Interesting. What if it was so stuffed and you really couldn't tell what was in there? Just a bunch of boxes and things. <laughs> and there's no writing on the boxes. Have you ever <laughs> took a chance on those? Yeah. Yeah. And those are hit or miss. <laughs> but, there could be some old closers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I always say you're going to have a few piles, right? You're going to have the, you're going to have the junk pile. You're yeah. going to have the Goodwill pile. And you're going to have the eBay pile, this pre-Amazon, right? Yes. Uh, But again, for me, I always say you got to have an objective in mind. So what was my objective? My objective is $1,000 to $2,000 a month. And it usually averaged out between $1,000 and $1,500. But I was working no more than a day or two a week. Yeah, that's great. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Do you, and is it pretty much the same now as it was when you were, uh, or is it has much changed in, in the, like, if you had to, you were going to go and do this all over again, would you do the same strategy and would that strategy work? I'm doing it now. Oh, you're still doing it. Okay. <laughs> I thought, okay, wonderful. Okay. <laughs> because I moved into a new state. Uh-huh. Uh, so you got everybody from California now moving into Texas, Idaho. And so you got yeah. people that are getting rid of stuff. I was one of them. We got rid of all of our stuff in California. We gave okay. stuff away, really nice, expensive stuff. Okay. Uh, and so I'm now up here where people have storage units of stuff. They just want to get rid of it. So I'm yeah. the liquidation guy and people know it. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Really cool. Wow. And it's, and it's fun. It's yeah. fun, right? But see, here's the dangers that you got to be careful of. Number one, when the auctions start, no one's your friend. Yes. You're going to hear people, you're going to hear people try to get you out of there. Okay. Uh, you're going to be in a mix of people with sometimes 20, 30 people, and they're all going to complain about how horrible things are because they want you to quit and give up and leave. Yes. So the more negative people would talk to me, that's where I knew I needed to stay. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Were, um, were there a lot of the, like the place where you said you got a, somebody bought a dollar for a, a boat. Is that at a place where there's not many bidders? Somebody or, didn't, sh- nobody showed up except me. Sh- wow. Does that usually, 000. it seems like that would, is that rare for it to be only just a couple people? Or, I mean, how crowded are these things usually? 10, 15, maybe 20 people tops, usually averaging out about 15. Okay. Beginning of the week starts more. My goal was to go in the beginning of the week because I know if some place says, hey, we have 30 auctions or scheduled. Well, I know some people are going to come at the last minute, pay their unit. So mm-hmm. public storage could have said, wait, we had eight today. It's really have three. Mm. Right. 
So whatever. I mean, I had it listed out. Okay. You know, Monday through Friday, I have all these places I'm going to go. But once I, once I bought two units, I'm done. I'm not going anymore because I had a certain amount of cash and that's all I'm going to do. Yeah. Then then I switched into listing mode and getting everything on eBay. And I wanted that done by Sunday. I wanted that done. And and I just started the process all over again. And then I got my daughters involved. (laughs) I want to teach them how to make a living rather than be subject to someone having to give them a job the rest of their life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. Man, if somebody want if somebody want to do this like this, they just fall in love with it and wanted to do it full time. Well, what type? I guess you were making. I guess you just multiply it out. Like you were doing one day a week, making a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month. So if you need to make right. five grand, you might have to work four days. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and again, it, that would be a little bit more refinement. Like I own a tech recruiting firm and a career coaching company, so I have other revenue streams I'm doing, sure. uh, yeah. which are pretty time intensive. Yeah. Uh, but I also know given in, a, in an economy when, you know, employment's bad or whatever, look, buying and selling, buy low, sell high works no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even in a down economy, this method of earning an income, the arbitrage, whatever you want to call it, is just something that never goes away, will always right. be in demand. I'd say yeah. if you're looking to scale up and you want to do it quick, a couple things I would say. Number one, I'd start with public storage because they're one of the few I know that'll let you use a credit card and not go all cash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you want to get a wholesaler, a reseller's license. It's not hard. Most states, right. it's really a joke. California paid a hundred bucks. I got that because when you go to purchase the auction mm-hmm. in the, the storage unit auction, they're going to say, do you have a reseller's permit? Oh, so you don't have to pay sales tax. You got yes. it. You got it. Yeah. So if you don't have the reseller's permit, you got to pay the sales tax and it's no big deal. It, it, yeah. I'd say start out, get your feet wet, get the reseller's permit later. Yeah. That's number one. Number two, on Friday, Thursday or Friday, the prior week, I would be looking geographic wise where you want to go spend your time. Okay. Like After I dropped my kids off in the morning, I knew I needed to spend my time in the morning to do things because I had stuff going on with tech later in the afternoon. So I'm like, all right, I'm dropping my kids off at school. I got time to spend two or three hours at these auctions. Go, go, go. But I would call them that morning okay. saying, do you guys still have eight, eight units going on? Usually not. They're like, hey, everybody came in paid. We only have two or three left. Mm-hmm. Then I decide if I'm going to go or not. Sure. And then okay. once I do that, my ultimate goal, the end goal was two units, no more than three. Because mm-hmm. I only had, I was so broke back then after losing that job. Mm-hmm. I only had $400 I could afford to do. Yeah. And I put it on the credit card and then that's how I did it. And all the other right. units never did it. They were all cash. Public storage was the only one to let you do a credit yeah. card. That's why I stuck with them. That's awesome. So it's called Q and a on the front end and then building the team out. Uh-huh. That's how you get things cleaned out without having to go hire junk team, removal team, going to the dumps yourself and doing all that. Yeah. I left nice stuff for people that didn't win something. Cause they're trying to make a living too. Yeah. I'd say, guys, here's the deal. Clean up, clean it up for me. You could have the other stuff in there outside of the furniture. And then once they were cleaned out, I took pictures of the furniture or the hard stuff, had the sale that night. That night. That's awesome. Is there areas of the, like, would you say, you know, um, going to nicer areas of town is better Mm -hmm. than a, a more, you know, more rural or poor area maybe, or not? No, not always. No, not always. Like I'm in a very, I'm in a Metro city. Well, Uh Boise is probably 20, 30 minutes for me, but where I live is more agricultural. Okay. And there's a lot of money here. 
and people just overlook it. And I always say boring stuff is profitable. <laughs> That's right. I, I sell boring stuff that people don't think about just makes a lot of money. Uh, so if you're in a rural area, like I, I like horses, so I'm around a lot of places that they have saddles, cowboy boots, ropes, but everyone around here uses that. There's a lot of ranches around here. Yeah. Those guys here, people think, oh, they don't buy that. Well, yes, they do. They buy that used equipment here quite a lot and it's worth a lot. So yeah. I'd say go bloom where you're planted, right? If you're in yeah. Detroit or in a metro city, just to start go to the metro city, see what's there. If you're in a rural area and they have farm equipment, this and that, that sells very well. Okay. Uh, restaurant equipment sells very well. Mm-hmm. So I say good, boring stuff that people just don't think about sells very well. <laughs> yeah. For somebody that thinks this is, sounds fascinating, but they're just not quite sure yet, can they just go to one of these auctions and just observe? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Would now, you suggest me, that? Would you suggest yes. somebody like not taking any money, and and so they can't get caught up in the in the in all the 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 whatever hoopla <laughs> of it, and they're not going to make a bad buy. They can just watch what happens. Well, let me tell you the other things that are going to happen to you, and this just comes with the voice of experience. <laughs> so you think you're bidding against one person. Okay. Sometimes you're not. Mm. Sometimes people will come. They'll have three or four plants there. Oh, wow. They will pretend that they are different people, but they're not. They all work for the same guy. Interesting. They would deliberately drive the price up or they would just outbid everybody, but they all work for the same guy. Sometimes some guy will have a lot of money. He'll just send them to be their bird dogs and you will figure that out pretty quick. Okay. So the way you don't get caught up in the hype is if you go just bring a certain amount of money. And I knew that I had a credit card with a distinct limit. I couldn't go above it if I wanted to, because I was so broke. I'm surprised they gave me that one credit card back then with that limit. I only had $400 on that loan. So it didn't matter what I wanted to do. I couldn't do it. (laughs) But I did look around after going for a while. I'm like, I know him. I know him. They all work for that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see people dress like crap and they'll show up and they'll have nine or 10 padlocks on their belt. Cause when you win a storage unit auction, they cut the lock off the storage unit. Uh-huh. You have to put your own lock on. Okay. So if somebody shows up with nine locks on his or her belt, that guy or girl's probably carrying about $20,000 cash. Wow. You're never going to outbid them ever. Yeah. And so I always looked at that and I knew that guy, I knew that guy, he's an ex CTO that was making $15,000 a month. And so where, if, if, if he's willing to spend way more than you, is he just okay with less margin on his, when he resells it? Oh, I never was going to win no matter what I did against him. I'm like, you know, if I saw him, I'm like, if he wanted it, he's going to get it. There's nothing I'm going to do. So I don't even bet on it because if he wants it that bad, let him go to town. But once he hit his limit, he'd be out. Okay. And I'm like, I don't need to compete with him. Right. I just need to find the two auctions I like. Yeah. And that's fine. Sooner or later, he's going to hit his limit and he's going to go load his trucks. And he had a whole different business model than me. He had a big white truck. He had all this stuff. He had employees. I want none of that. Yeah, definitely. No. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wendy wants to know, so what do you do if you have large stuff that just won't sell at the end? Meaning what? So that you didn't uh, let's say that if you, your yeah. furniture, you do your Craigslist sale six to 7 PM and you got a refrigerator still sitting mm-hmm. there and nobody wants it. Right. So they're going to give you 24 to 48 hours. Uh-huh. Right. And if that doesn't sell and that's not done, you could either go give it to Goodwill, donate it, take it as a write off. That's going to be up to you. Mm-hmm. Or you can go get another storage unit if you want. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will do that. 
where they'll go pay a certain amount of money and they'll co keep their own storage unit auction. We used to call them eBay units because you'd open it up. You could say it's totally set up for people running an eBay business. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. really com- really common. Interesting. Okay. Um, Gene says, are you in Caldwell? <laughs> I'm an eagle. Eagle? eagle? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she must know your area. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Greg had a question. So Greg is the kind of our leader in this group. Um, it's all, he's just a eBay master and he's never done storage auctions. And um, so it's, uh, he's not able to be on this webinar. So he said, um, he wants to know, maybe you've already answered this. Let me just read through. It's a longer question. Um, all right. How do they get rid of, how do most storage locker buyers get rid of their merchandise? You've covered that more specifically. What do many of them do with their treasures? You've, this is your strategy. So the mm-hmm. fair items, the junk items, do they resell the great items online? Yes. Maybe take the non-junk. Okay. So what, what, with somebody not doing your strategy. So he's saying, what do they do? They obviously resell the great ones online. So like on eBay, maybe take the non-junk items to the flea market. He says, I assume they have to have a way to move it fast or else storing several storage lockers worth of goods could get to be a massive space cost. So what do most people do who aren't employing your incredible strategy? Sure. Sure. And again, some of this is probably pre-COVID, but I'm up here in Idaho and I know next, well, actually this, this Saturday, they have one of their biggest indoor uh, flea markets going on in the Treasure Valley, Uh but they're just starting to open up. So some people do go to the flea market and do all that. I, you know, my dad and I, again, we grew up doing that. My dad used to make a thousand dollars a day doing that as a steel worker. And when he got laid off being 57 years old and everybody was losing everything, mm-hmm. um, they asked my dad, they go, how do you make it? He goes, well, I kind of live below my means. I own my truck <laughs> and I've always had my own company doing consignment selling. This is pre eBay. So yeah. yeah, flea markets is a good way. Some people do garage sales. You could do that too. Um, again, when I met Jim Cockrum, uh, you know, Jim and I's story wasn't all that uh, dissimilar. Yeah, that's right. um, and I used to do uh, consignment selling for people that were trying to list, uh, you know, they're moving out of town, getting away, going away, whatever. Mm-hmm. I did consignment selling for them uh, at their garage sales, listed their stuff on eBay, but also did the garage sale at their house. Yeah. Now that's an option. Should you choose to want to do it? If you don't want to do that, the other thing you can do, there are consignment companies and I've done this yep. to where you can call them and say, look guys, you know what? I know you're going to make your margin doing this. I'm going to call you. Can you come pick up that furniture? And I'd like to have it listed in your store. Now that's going to be nicer, higher end stuff and they will do it. Yeah. They'll go pick it up for you. Yeah. Nice. That's how my whole goal was. What can I do? So I don't have to have a truck and store stuff or move it myself. Yeah. And that's how I did. I'm either going to put it to Goodwill. If you can go to a flea market garage sale, do it. And if you have large stuff you need to move, have a consignment company. And there's a lot of them. If the furniture is, you know, kind of nice. Yeah. They'll go get it for you and they'll put it in their showroom. Okay. That's awesome. So uh, Wendy's a, a clarification question. I wonder what you do when you have large stuff that won't move at the end. Mm-hmm. Pretty much one of those two things. So if it's furniture, I'm going to call a consignment company because I know they'll do it. I've just done it over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. It's pretty simple. It's a one page contract. Yeah. They even send their guys to go get it. I don't have to do it. <laughs> it's awesome. their truck. They're, they're, my whole thing is what can I do where I don't have to hire people uh, because I'm a solo guy and I have multiple income streams and not all of them are related. So my time is yeah. very constrained yeah, and I've yeah. got to be efficient with how I'm doing this. So if it's furniture, I'm going to call a high-end consignment furniture store and let them come get it. Mm-hmm. If they won't do it, if I had to, I'd go pay $19 and rent a U-Haul and take it to Goodwill. Yeah. Right. 
And I would just donate it and take the tax write off and be done with it. But the whole thing is I want the inventory to flow. I want it to move quick. I want to do it fast. I don't want anything. I don't want anything stuck for a week. Cause then if you do that, then you end up with a garage full of stuff and your wife gets mad at you. (laughs) (laughs) Get this junk out of here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Then they're done that. Yeah. Not a good way. Oh, yeah. you, you don't want to go there. No. <laughs> They'd be like, go get a real job. I'm like, no, this is playing way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually that's the thing. Cause when some of my friends and I, we left tech, that's why I never went back to be a full-time employee. I just made more money doing this. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really the money. It was just being able to live a certain way and have control of your time. And, and to sure. me, the time to be with your family and, and do that to me was all, and people think, well, okay, if you do this, either I got to give up my time or I'm not going to make enough money or I do this or I want to, you know, I, I can't have both. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out which one is more important to you. Yeah. Uh, there's no right or wrong there. Time with my kids and raising family was always the most important thing. And the money kind of came about. Yes. Uh, but I had that prior filter. That's not everybody's decision. And that's okay. It just has to figure out what you want out of your life. I always say, I want my work to revolve around my life, not my life around my work. Amen. That's yes, it. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I, I think I would imagine that you could have, if you wanted to, um, you could have like a, some type of coaching program where like, you know, Hey, I really am interested in this. I'll fly out to Idaho <laughs> with you for a couple of days, maybe a couple of grand to learn that you learn your system. I come back here. I'm not really competing with you because you're not doing yeah storage auctions in Dallas. So the, the money is incredible in it, but the, here's the key. You got to figure out what business model you want. Yeah. Like there was a guy up in Marin County. We called him the consignment cowboy uh, again, but he has a warehouse. Mm-hmm. He has people that he will put his plants in every auction that you think they're different people, but they're not. They all work for him. Mm-hmm. And their whole goal is just to bid it up so high that you quit. Mm-hmm. And so I knew this about myself. I'm never going to win against him. Yeah. I don't want to be him. Yeah. Um, he has a bunch of employees and trucks and a massive warehouse. And yeah. I want none of those things. Well, what did he do with them at the end when he, if he's bidding, bidding it high, he's getting it way high, paying way more than you would have. Mm-hmm. So how's he unloading that? And he has a massive team that lists across multiple platforms online. Okay. He has teams of people that go to flea markets. I mean, he, this is him having employees running an organization yeah. and he's a prior tech guy that made more money doing this than he did yeah. in tech. And it's less yeah. stress. And yeah. the other benefit of this way of making a living, Ryan, is, you know, even in the market, the market crashes, right? Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. method of generating an income will always be in demand. You yeah. can always make a living this way. Sure. Uh, especially if you go to nicer end areas, like we're up here, we have so many people leaving California. I always call myself a California expat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love the state, hate the management. Right. Uh, but a lot of people came out, but they had a ton of stuff they couldn't get rid of. And they just want it gone. Mm. And I, and I cannot believe the amount of stuff people will just basically give you sometimes saying, Hey, we just need to get rid of it. That happened to us. We left, we came up with the clothes on our back, what fit in our truck. And we gave away a ton of nice stuff. Mm. And I was thinking, man, if I was the consignment guy living here and I knew Hanson, I'd be all over that. (laughs) Well, I'm seeing all those guys and girls come up here now where they've got massive amount of stuff in their storage unit and they hate it because they find out that stuff they brought doesn't fit the new house they're in. So now they're trying to just get rid of it. Mm. And it's just a match made in heaven. And to me, I always have a lot of fun doing this. Yeah. I have always had a lot of fun doing this. And, and as much as tech is picking back up, I never wanted to be in a position in my life 
where all my money is coming from one source of income or industry right. ever again. Right. So I've never let go yeah. of this. I saw my dad, 57, being laid off at the latest mm. part of his life, being diabetic and had cancer and made a full-time living mm. supporting a family of six yeah. doing a variation of this. And that's where I kind of learned it back then. Oh, God bless your dad. Wow. Yeah, he was great. Man. Yeah. Man. Um, yeah, and all of his friends were going under, losing everything. And my dad's like, oh, I live below my means. I own a truck, but we have our own business. <laughs> yeah. We kind of buy low and sell high, and that's it. Yeah, he pivoted when everybody else just sunk. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Gene says, how long have you been an eagle? Uh, two months. <laughs> I'm pretty new here, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. So if, if somebody from California moves to Idaho, for example, and they have, are they, are they listing those extra items like on Facebook marketplace or mm -hmm. is that where you're finding a lot of that type of inventory? More now, um, more now Craigslist is starting to get a lot of scams go on. Um, I think everybody's figured that out by now. Even when I was leaving California, I listed really nice stuff for pennies on the dollar and I got all kinds of weird scam stuff. I just yeah. delete, I deleted all the listings right yeah. off the bat. Mm. I went all Facebook marketplace. That's it. Or you okay. can go up here. You can, there's something called next door. Mm -hmm. So Facebook marketplace next door. Those are two good ones to go to okay. Craigslist. I think it had its day. I yeah. think it's come and gone in my opinion. Yeah. Well, so what's your strategy with that? So let's say I'm just moved here from California. I got this nice sofa that I don't want. And I post mm -hmm. on Facebook marketplace. You like it. And we, we come to an arrangement. How, yep. What happens from there for you? Well, I'm probably going to go to places. I know where I can resell it right off the bat. Uh, whether I'll look and see what your title or your listing or your language is off. Maybe I could redo it or take a better photo. Sometimes I'll have it sold before I even buy it. Wow. <laughs> so I'll find a buyer. I'll get somebody that has an interest in this. Hey, what do you think about this? And if they say, yeah, great. And there's no hidden agenda. I mean, I tell right. people the truth of what I'm doing with sure. things. And yeah, they don't, I give but them, they don't have your knowledge and they're not going to go to the trouble. They won't. Yeah. Well, they don't, they don't want to do it. A lot of it just is want it out a, of their house. You got it. Yeah. So let me give you an example of that. Uh, it's not only out of the house. Sometimes there's even, this is a little bit more higher level, but uh -huh. some of the container, container auctions. Yes. One okay. of my friends is a very high level Navy SEAL guy. Uh -huh. uh, he bid it on a container unit. It ended up being all brand new auto parts and motorcycle parts. Oh my gosh. He had to hire a team of people to help him list. And he complained about that about paying someone $5,000, but he made almost $50,000. Well, on a container auction, do you know what's inside it? No. You know? I, <laughs> I couldn't wow. believe he, I couldn't believe he did it. I mean, this is a high, higher level other than way beyond me, but okay. uh, he and I became friends. We're in an eBay group. I'm ex, yeah. I'm ex Navy. So is he, uh, uh -huh. I worked with some of those guys back in the day and uh, uh -huh. highly decorated Navy seal. And this mm -hmm. is what he did. He'd buy Would this be like uh, on in cities like, like Long Beach, close to the port or something where these happen? Yeah. Anything port city. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Oakland, everyone thinks San Francisco is the port that makes a lot of money. It's not. Oakland is the one because, again, okay. bore, boring, boring stuff. Yeah. The port of San Francisco is more tourism, a little bit of business. They make about $10 million a year. The port mm -hmm. of Oakland, which is all industrial, makes $30 million a year. Mm. Doesn't look pretty, but you make a lot more money. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that's, that's again, getting off the storage unit thing. It's the same thing, but at a much higher level, but sure. he complained about 
having to pay someone X amount to list stuff. I go, but you made that, you made like $50,000. Right. Yeah. But I had to pay somebody five grand. I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Whatever. Hire the help. <laughs> like Jim said, exactly. look, I don't want to do box tape. I'll find someone to help me do that. Right. Let's just go find the work. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. Wow. This is so cool. Guys, any other questions that you have for Tim? Uh, I know that uh, I'm sure there's others that if they were able to be on here, they would be, uh, have quite, uh, Greg would have a bunch of questions for you. Um, this is really neat. Anything else you can think of that uh, we haven't covered or any other you know, little tips about storage auctions? Well, I, I'd say this, Ryan, for everybody listening, because you'll get caught up in the hype of it if you're not careful, mm-hmm. figure out what your business model is going in. Yeah. Right. Start with the end in mind. How much money do you have? Right. Mm-hmm. How much money do you have? What do you want that to look like? Like I knew I wanted no buildings. I wanted no employees. Right. I wanted no staff. I didn't want any of that because this is not my only income stream. It's one of few. Right. Yeah. Um, but I love to do it. And I also know even in, in, the con- in a boom economy, it works because for people who have a lot of money, want to get rid of stuff. They just want it out. And I would tell them, I'd say, look, I could do a couple things for you guys. And this, this is a tip for people tied on cash. Whether it's storage unit or selling on people moving out of town, you could do the same thing. You could say, or even some of the people who own the storage units or the storage unit auctions, you could say, you know what? I'm low on cash, but I can do a consignment deal with you. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And you'll find a lot of them will do that. Yeah. And then I gave them an option. I can do this on a consignment purchase. Or if I give you a cash buy right out on the outset, mm-hmm. I'm going to resell it myself. Yeah. So it's up to you. If you need, want the money you want to go, go. That's yeah. fine. Uh, if not, we can do consignment. We could do that. And that method will also work sometimes with the storage unit owners because mm-hmm. they just want to get rid of this stuff. They want it out. Yeah. They make their money by renting an empty unit, not having sure. someone that didn't pay for something. Right. Interesting. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Fun. Fun, fun. I love this. Well, yeah. Tim, I think you, thanks for doing this. Really appreciate you taking the time to share. I think no problem loving this and yeah. hopefully some of them will get excited about it and take it, you know, go down that road and see what happens. <laughs> Add that as a stream of income to their business. Yeah. You know, it's an easy one, right? Uh, and it's one that works in a boom economy or a down economy. Right. So, you know, when my dad lost everything, became cancer, and he ended up being diagnosed with cancer and diabetic, he, he actually got his highest paying job ever in his life. And within the first 90 day medical period, that's when he was diagnosed as, uh, di- you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, insulin, diabetic, not diabetes one, but the one you have to get the shots. So he was out of a job. That was it. And he couldn't get employed anywhere else. And, wow. but he always had this business. Yes. And he just came home one day. He goes, you know, I'm too old to quit working too young, uh, too young to quit working too old to work for anybody else. I'm done with that. <laughs> and let me tell you what happened. Once he made that mental switch in his head, here's mm-hmm. what happened. People will get to know you. Yes. Our phone started ringing at six in the morning. My mom would take the phone call. Hello. <laughs> yeah. We know your day. Your husband does this. We need somebody to come pick up stuff. You'll start getting a reputation. You'll have people start calling you. Yeah. So the whole goal, the evolution, last thing I would part with is this mm-hmm. find people that will start calling you before anything's public knowledge. And one of them is going to be probate attorneys. Mm. Those guys Maybe. are working. We're seeing it up here. They're working with people who are out of town. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've gone to three or four open houses since I've been here. I have no interest in buying the house, but I know the owners want to leave. And I've done that this weekend. I've walked in, I talked to the realtors. Hey, 
what are they going to do with all this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's money. That's wow. money, money right there. Cause they want out in the worst way. They don't want to store it. That's another yeah. option. And if you're tight on money, you could do a consignment deal with them. Yes. Or you could say, Hey guys, you know, I got X amount of dollars. You'll probably make more money if you sold it on yourself. But if I buy it, I'm going to go resell it. Are you okay with that? Yeah. That is a money maker. Like you wouldn't believe right now. That's awesome. That reminds me. So I had a guy on my, on my podcast named Fred Dernball. He's local here. Um, he's an auction guy. So uh, companies who are getting ready to either move in locations or they just, they're out of business, they'll call him. And he has this amazing online auction site yep. with all these buyers already. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll send you that episode because he's sure. looking for people Love it. to, um, he's looking for folks to do what he does in their areas. Mm-hmm. And it sounds when you said mentioned that person's house that wants to leave that would be a perfect opportunity what he does is he comes in his team and they uh they take quick pictures of everything quick mm-hmm. descriptions they get it posted on his website and it's all online auctions right so people bid and then they have to then those people then it's like on saturday from nine to five we'll be here at this mm-hmm. house if right. you won you have to come up to yep. that house on that day and pay us for that correct that's his business model right there's three or four of those companies in the bay area Okay. Uh, and I knew those guys too. Okay. Uh, and because <laughs> they would white label me because <laughs> okay. they didn't want to do the eBay stuff. So mm-hmm. they would call me to do it. Uh, okay. So I went under their banner. You never saw my name, but I was the guy doing all that. And I got oh, a percentage nice. of that sale. <laughs> okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So just be, be there. I always say just offer to be their white labeled help. Because the one thing when I started working with Jim, Years ago, when I lost my job, and Jim was my initial coach, right, Jim yeah. Cockrum. Uh-huh. You know, I was just talking to people for free on and how to do this and how to do that. And Jim said, "Tim, you do know people get paid to do that, right?" I go, "Oh, really? I didn't know that." I was just so excited about telling people how to generate revenue and do because I got so excited about it. Jim's like, "You need to quit doing that for free. Actually, mm-hmm. people get paid for this." I'm like, "Really?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I had a marketing background. I knew how to do things on eBay to do the 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 auction format a little bit different okay. to where I could get people's visibility. It wasn't complicated stuff. I learned it through Jim and Skip McGrath, some real basic stuff, but it made me very different. Uh-huh. And then I went to some of those companies you're talking about. Mm-hmm. They personally half the time don't want to do those listings themselves. Mm-hmm. And so if they had a guy, they had a guy, if they didn't, I'd say, Hey, I'd offer to do this for you. You can white label me. I'll come in under your banner. How do you feel about that? Wonderful. So they brought me the work. I was the online guy. Of their yes. division. Wow. So. All these people in this eBay group are becoming eBay experts. Mm-hmm. So they'd be perfect for this. That's awesome. Well, and then the last thing I'd give you on this is because when I started competing, especially when they went in consignment and you do that, mm-hmm. all the other competition I ran into, they had the same, um, they had the same commission structure, 40% plus a dollar for listing or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I reversed engineered that. Mm-hmm. That's what made us stand out so much my commission schedule was very different. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, hey, flat 40 or this or that, I started at 35% up, yeah, 35% for the first three, uh, for the first $350. And then my commission schedule went down. Okay. The more you make. Okay. So our tagline was the more you make, the less I take. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I beat all my competition in town. I beat everybody out. Because everybody else would come say, well, what's different between you and this consignment shop or, or that storage unit guy? I go, because my commission structure is totally reverse of what he's doing. Mm. 
I make less money. My goal is to make you the generous share of the profits. Yeah. And then I get paid. The more you're making, my commission structure goes down, but I want you as a repeat customer. Yeah. Yeah. That's worth way more. That's right. And what happened is when, and I controlled the money. So the money came into my PayPal account. I'd cut them the check. I'm just not that trusting to wait for them to give me cash. I controlled the accounting. Yep. And then once I showed up with a check, you'll have three or four business owner friends of theirs waiting to talk to you. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Look, people out there, anyone listening, if you're out of work right now, because I run a recruiting career coaching company, I can tell you this. If you do this model right, you only need about five accounts to do this between storage and auctions and consignment selling to make yourself about a five, $10,000 a month income stream. That's it. My goodness. That's it. And you don't, you can scale up or scale down. That's the thing. I did this when I had nothing else going on. Yeah. And then as tech prop came back up, that's my primary occupation. Yeah. But I still do it because I never wanted all my money to come from tech again. And I love to do it. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun with all the people moving right now that need money and need cash. Oh my God, if you're just got a heart for people offering to help them and you're really not going to screw somebody over, you're going to help somebody. You're going to yeah. make a lot of money as a byproduct. And it's something that you'll do the rest of your life. Mm. It'll never go away. Someone's always going to buy low and sell high. Someone's always going to need yeah. help. Wow. I think, I mean, I just, I'm always seeing the opportunities and I think, you know, if you ever wanted to, and in your free time, you could, (laughs) I I could see a course in all of this, like just uh, the storage auctions. You've mentioned the uh, container auctions. You mentioned people that are moving to a new area and have all this extra stuff. It's Mm -hmm. all variations of the same buy low and sell high strategy, but you know, and and to you, it's super easy, but folks listen like, well, yeah, I think I get it, but I'd love to know more. So I, I guarantee there's a course there if you ever wanted to go that direction. Well, what, what learned from experience, and I did had no knowledge of it. Like I knew the eBay, I knew the marketing stuff. I talked to Jim McGrath. What I didn't know was what was going to happen once the auction started. Mm. And that you don't know until you actually get in there. You don't know three or four of those people bidding, pretending to be other people. They're not. They all work yeah. for the same guy. Mm. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know that the auctioneers, if you get a reputation of paying your bill <laughs> for winning, they'll really they like you. Out with the signals like this. <laughs> oh, the, uh, no, they did. He'd go like this. Or if he put his hand on his belt, that meant you need to keep bidding. Now they'll never tell they, they'll never admit this no. ever, but it does sure. happen. Sure. Um, and then I never knew that you would take a picture of the large items. That's how I never moved anything. Yeah. And then if you have to get a U-Haul truck, take it to Goodwill at the end of the day, the, the key is you have 48 hours to be done. Yeah. But I never actually had to do that. Yeah. And then I never wanted to clean anything out or take stuff to the dump. So I left some nice stuff. Yeah. And I told people who didn't win, I'd say, just clean it up and you can have whatever's left. I said, if I ever get a complaint, I'll never do this for you again. And mm-hmm. I never had a problem. But I did leave some nice stuff. I, did, I didn't leave them crap. I left them stuff I knew would sell. That's good. That's it. Very cool. Tim, thank you. This is fun. Really enjoy yeah. this. Thanks for sharing this and being No, I'm getting ready to do it at a massive scale. I was at three open houses last week. There's the big wow. Treasure Valley indoor flea market coming up and there's so many people moving up here that just want to get rid of stuff, nice stuff. And I'm like, man, that's just too much cash on the table. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So cool. Yeah. Well, appreciate it. Have a blessed weekend, my friend. I think thank you again for doing this. Oh, and love your show. Love everything you're doing for everything, everybody in the community, the multiple streams of income radio. I promote you a hundred percent in my career coaching company. Cause I tell them, Hey, don't get stuck with one way of making money. You need to diversify out. There's a, wow. a good guy to go listen to. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
Yep. Cool. Well, everybody, thanks for watching. We'll see you next. See you in the group. All right. All right. Yeah. See you guys. Good weekend. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Streams of Income with self-help author Ryan Rieger. From right here in the Dallas Metroplex, Ryan teaches several entrepreneurial courses and group coaching programs to students all over the world. Be sure to listen next week at the same time for Streams of Income with Ryan Rieger.